from the sports desk of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and RedRaiders.com. Here's your look at all things Texas Tech sports. Now, here's the Red Raider Podcast. And hello everyone, I'm Carlos Silva from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, sports editor for the newspaper, bringing you another edition of the Red Raider Podcast. I'm back in the office. And also, John Sokolov is back in the office. He made a trip to Kansas along with Don Williams, Brad Tolleson. I'll talk to Don later in the week as we do our usual Twitter Q&A from you all. But today, of course, is the special version where we've got Ryan King as well from KLBK, John Sokolov, of course, Fox 34, where we do a little bit of a little roundtable, if you want to call it that, where it's kind of like you're sitting at a, sitting at a local establishment, enjoying some cold beverages just kind of talking about what happened in the previous game. So might be a little bit of story time, might be a little bit of he said, she said. Someone may say some words and some other people may like or not like. Who knows? But how are y'all doing? Oh, man, I am doing fantastic. Are you? Know? you? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm great. I had a great trip to Kansas. I'm yeah. back. I'm Is it your first trip there? Better than ever. First time ever stepping foot there. Look yes. at you. Ever. I'm not, I've, I've never, uh, nothing personally against the Midwest. Of course. I've just never stepped foot in that region. I've been a f- like throughout the whole East Coast, mm-hmm. throughout the whole South, yeah. and pretty much through the West Coast. Mm-hmm. The middle part, I, I guess I've just subconsciously never cared for. He's what? East Coast elitist, man. I can't well, that, stand that. That he is. You, you, you come from Philadelphia, and you think there's nothing better than a Philadelphia hey, cheesesteak, right? Born and raised. Yeah, born and raised. Ryan King, of course, from Oklahoma, so he kind of knows all the other things about Kansas and all the other Midwest towns as well. But uh, And he knows about Kansas State this week, too. Yeah, he does. Oh, oh this yes. Is a, this isn't yes. a podcast about that. Yes, it is. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, Ryan is a nice alum of uh, the number five Oklahoma City. Not anymore. So, number yeah. 10 Oklahoma City. Well, yeah, number 10 now. But, uh, of course, a little bit of joking around, but now we'll kind of get to business. Obviously, a tough loss for Texas Tech as they dropped a game to Kansas over the weekend due to a field goal last second. Actually had two chances at that field goal. Initially, Texas Tech blocked it. Looked like they had uh, something going there. Douglas Coleman, I believe, uh, picked it up. Looked like he was going to try and go for a return. Maybe he thought there was a little bit more time to where maybe, or not not a little bit more time, should I say, maybe that time had elapsed and that it was basically an untimed down at that point. But right. unfortunately, there were a couple seconds on there. I uh, haven't rewatched it. Not going to say anything, but again, sometimes the hometown clocks go a little bit slower than normal. But um, certainly a, a tough play there for Coleman. Tried to... Uh, pitch it back to a teammate, wasn't able to get that pitch to him, and Kansas fell on it. They were able to s- pooch another field goal right after that, won that 37-34. to 34. John, you were there. I guess, uh, is that the loudest you've ever heard uh, Memorial Stadium, considering uh, that's the first time you've been there? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was. Um, the fans rushed the field, too. I, I thought, imagine rushing the field after beating a 3-4 and four team. That's that's pretty crazy. But Although I, I you have to just, remember, they've only won four times in the last like seven years in Big 12 play. Yeah, yeah. That's every, in, every win's big. Every that, single win is big for Kansas. That's insane, yeah. Um, no, and, and you know what? You talked about maybe he thought time had expired, but still, I mean, so close to the goal line, it is inexcusable. And, and I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll do the whole Jet thing, the Tech defense thing, or, or mm-hmm. just the banged-up players thing, yeah. or Wells, all of that. All of it, obviously, building up to that one play. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, you don't need to tell Doug that it was a really stupid play. I, I'm sure he knows that. He's trying to move on from that coaching staff. All of that has his back. But, yeah, it got loud there. I did get a couple elbows in the back from um, – 
from fans well, that's, sprinting. Well, that's probably because they knew you were from Philadelphia and they you didn't were. like Kansas City. Yep, I'm sure. Well, unfortunately, like I said, a, a tough one there for Douglas. I'm not going to focus much on it. I, I think you kind of said it there, John. I think he knows what happened. I think Matt Wells knows what happened. He probably said it about as best as he could. He was just trying to make a play. Is it, and, his, uh, and he had good instincts, coaching. I think it was? Yeah, yeah. just instincts. I mean, it, it, I mean, you think it's an untimed down. You think that's the last play. So worst case, if the ball uh, falls to the ground and someone jumps on it, Overtime. I mean, at the end of the day, that is what you are thinking about, which is overtime. It's just there were two seconds left on the clock when someone did fall on the football and Kansas was able to kick that field goal. Of course, another tough uh, tough loss, more so because it's another close loss that uh, Texas Tech has lost. Another I think one it's a that combined I like Baylor. 16 points, like a combined losing margin of 16 points in this three-game skid. Yeah, uh, three to Kansas, 10 to Iowa State, mm-hmm. 34-24, and three to Baylor. See, I'm good at math, Ryan. You told me I was good for nothing. I'm good at math. I did not say you are good for nothing. <laughs> I didn't think you were that good at math. I also think part of this has to be playing down to their opponent, right? Because Baylor is a lot better than Kansas. They were right neck and neck with Baylor, Are and they're right they? neck and neck with Kansas. Here's I'm, not the thing. A, I'm not that on the Baylor train, to be completely honest I really with like you. Baylor. I mean, they're a good team, Baylor is, but here's the thing. I, I, I would probably be on your Kool-Aid, drinking the Kool-Aid on the train, Ryan, but Kansas played Texas pretty dang well. They I mean, all, I mean, the, the only didn't. thing that they did wrong was they gave Sam Ellinger or Ellinger, pardon me, a minute and 11 seconds left in that game, if I'm not mistaken. So they gave them time to go over there and obviously kick that field goal. They did everything else correctly. Texas has a bad defense, so maybe Tech is able to take advantage of that later on in the season. We'll talk about that, obviously, when that podcast comes up. But, uh, I mean, I I really think that Brent Deerman uh, getting upgraded to offensive coordinator was probably the best thing that Les Miles has had. There's no question or about done, that. Or done with that. Obviously, the, the last two games have been really prolific for their offense. Carter Stanley's actually looked like a really good quarterback all of a sudden. And uh, here's the thing. When you look at what Texas Tech was able to do, they were able to really kind of do what you thought they were going to do. I know we talked about it. You guys talked a little bit about it. I know Ryan and Don, you guys talked about it. Don, uh, Johnny actually asked the question, what would happen if Puka Williams – Ran for so many yards. Well, he only got 69 yards in that game. Yeah. I mean, when you can do that for, I mean, your defense, that, that puts you in a pretty good position. And I and I can't remember who it was, but you guys were talking about, what if Carter Stanley has five touchdowns? Well, he was three. I mean, he's a guy that you're not expecting to have those big-time plays, and that's the other thing was the big-time plays that those guys had. Stephon Robinson, a 65-yard catch. Andrew Parchment, a 70-yard catch. Kwame Lasseter, a 20-yard catch. You cannot give up those big plays, which is something that Coach Wells and the players have said since that Oklahoma game, is if you keep everything in front of you, worst case, you're at least extending the the opposing uh, drive for the offense. And not only that, but hopefully you're going to help them make a mistake or potentially uh, blitz them and make something happen, which is what Tech has been doing. But, uh, I mean, Puka Williams, 69 yards, didn't really do much. Velton Gardner had that one big run at the end, and that was really it because when you look at how many yards they had, 32 carries, 112 yards. I mean, that's a really good day for one guy, but for... An entire team. Yeah, for right. five guys. Granted, 21 yards were... Uh, no, pardon me. That that was a one yard. Carter Stanley, two guys. Puka Williams, 69 yards. Velton Gardner, 36 yards. That was the majority of your carries right there. So, no, I mean... Yeah. No, there's no question. The that, that offense has is miles ahead of the team that lost 12-7 to at home to FCS Coastal Carolina. There's no question about that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the loss goes... Goes deeper for tech soon, like as well. And there, there are a lot of things around it, but I mean, yeah, there's, 
There's no question this team has improved, but it's, it's a very inexcusable loss for the Red Raiders, I, I, I would say, to an extent. But it, it doesn't really hurt what they're trying to do for the big picture, I think. Here's where I go off that. Just to go back to what you said, I do still think Tech plays down to their opponent. Kansas is better. Mm-hmm. The offense is a lot better. These last two weeks, they still give up. They still gave up 84 points combined in those two games. That's still mm-hmm. not good. That's still 42 points a week. Mm-hmm. But it's all about the big plays. Carlos said that. That was going to be my main point. They give up mm-hmm. four plays of over 48 yards, yep. and then that run that yes. Felton looked like he went untouched yes. into the end zone, and they were scoring late. I don't really look at the Doug Coleman play yet. It was bad. But I think more, more so... If they go to overtime, they probably lose, you think? I really don't know. I, I really don't know, but I, I think there's too many variables. I hate bringing things down to just one play, even yeah. against Baylor. You know, and that, that's what they that were harping snap. on after the game, yes. too. But in general, I don't think the offense is gaining enough criticism either. In the last four drives, they punted on three of them going three and out, three and out, mm-hmm. five plays. That's not helping the defense that is clearly reeling. Mm-hmm. They're giving up these long plays. They're clearly being exposed by Kansas' offense the more we go into this game. And they're beat up. And, and they're beat up. And Tech was not staying on the field. Their four drives, like I said, five plays, three plays, three plays. And their touchdown drive was two or three plays. Well, well, back to that offense thing real quick. You're, you're talking about they need more criticism. Okay, is it a Jet Duffy thing or is it a David Yost thing? I don't think it's Jet Duffy. I think Jet Duffy's playing well He made well some good enough. throws. I think he's playing he well enough. He made those good crossing round yes. throws. The one to Rigdon was really good. The one it's, to Thompson early. Mm-hmm. He, he's looking more and more accurate as I've seen him. And I, I totally agree with that. I think it's, a, it's so unfair because I do listen to the podcast back when Don was saying it was like this with Mike Leach early. But just looking at this season in a vacuum, it looks like such a simplistic offense. Look at Iowa State. The first three or four plays, Tech was able to get those bubbles and those screens to go. After that, they adjusted – and they couldn't do anything. I just haven't. I have not loved what I've seen from that offense. And on top of that, when you get a seventeen nothing lead, the offense and defense are responsible if you lose that game. If no you're question. up seventeen to nothing, I don't care who it's against. You get up a lead like that. That is on you to win that game. And I do have to apologize to Don. Last week, I agreed that if they stopped the rushing, I, I did not think Kansas be, would be able to make enough throws. Mm-hmm. But I was wrong. That secondary, I still think is. I still think that secondary can be good mm-hmm. of Tech. But man, they're, they're they didn't depleted, look at it. Man, look, look at Adrian Fry's hurt. Mm-hmm. Des Smith is hurt, and this was a team already in training camp. What were all the storylines? I remember them talking about cross training guys. Mm-hmm. I don't personally love that. If you if, like, I, I think in my opinion, a guy, yeah, maybe scheme fit, whatever. You're a corner for this team. You're a corner. You're safety. You're a safety. Cross training to me is just a big red flag that just points towards lack of depth. I, I think they admitted that to a certain degree. That right, and now those guys are down. And, and yep. late in games, weaknesses are exposed. And that secondary is a weakness for this defense. And late in the game, uh, Carter Stanley able to capitalize mm-hmm. on that. They were This was a Don Williams stat, what, 7 to 10 on third down? Yep. Like, like that, That's mm-hmm. inexcusable, and that just points toward in the big moments, they couldn't step up, and they are really banged up. They also lost Justice Parker. That's right did. before the season started. I mean, we can go down a whole list of things they're missing, but even still, so many of those touchdowns, like to the Parchment touchdown, I remember, he's just wide open beyond. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything. Yeah. third and 21, he's, I yeah, think. Yeah, he's just five yards beyond his defender. I think it was Adrian Fry. I don't want to mark me on that because I'm not totally sure. But like, Although he said the name. So. <laughs> but these passes are down there, and the guys are wide open, mm-hmm. and I was not thinking that Kansas – and Kansas does look better, don't get me wrong, but to me this is more of a tech issue. If you're up 17 enough, nothing, you lose, no matter how good Kansas looks. I totally agree with that. I mean, if you're up that much, obviously there has to be some sort of a mechanism or some sort of way that you run your offense to be more effective uh, running the football. Uh, to, to counter your point, Ryan, I, I, I get the simplistic way, but here's the thing. Jet Duffy was not the starting quarterback to start this mm-hmm. year. 
What number was he on the depth chart? He was four. He was number four. But they were simplistic with Allen, too. Again, again, it's a new offense, all this other stuff, but your fourth string quarterback, if this is any other situation, it's pretty good that you got a fourth string quarterback that is thrown for. 1,420 yards, mm-hmm. nine touchdowns, and only two interceptions. I think he's played well. And how he was ever behind Jackson Tyner, by the way, is beyond me. Yeah, well, that, that's just something above our our field of view. Well, here's the thing. Sure. Is, is, is it was said that he practiced well, and sometimes you can be a good practice player, but then when you're put out, again, the situation is tough to think of because you're playing at Rice. I, I've mentioned this point before. You're not playing against a bunch of rowdy fans in – at home at Rice, you're probably not doing anything when you're playing FIU or UTEP or anything else like that. His first game in a Texas Tech uniform on the road at ranked Oklahoma, not to say that obviously his his uh, skills were kind of not there, but already you're behind the ball right there mm-hmm. before you even snap It's the a ball. very tough challenge. I, I understand. And not only that, but then – not to say that his throws were off a little bit, but certainly he didn't get help when he did actually make a decent throw. So obviously you're rattled a little bit. Everything's kind of pushed a little bit more. Uh, there's a lot more pressure to your throws compared to practice because if you don't make this throw, defense is put back out there. You have a bunch of rowdy fans that are saying things that you probably don't hear that much. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that there was just a bunch of stuff that just kind of – Went to get Jackson Tyner compared to Jet Duffy, who, as I mentioned before, he's had the experience of having rowdy fans against him. TCU last year somehow rallied Texas Tech to probably one of their, I want to say, probably their best efforts in terms of just toughness to beat TCU on the road last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's shown that this year. Those he's two interceptions. Shown a, he's looking a lot better. Yeah, and the thing is, is those two interceptions, they were in one game, every other game, no turnovers, which is what Cliff was wanting last year. But for some reason, this – It's a much more uh, conservative offense. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing is like that, – that, that, I, I think that's what everyone kind of has to wrap their head around. It's not going to be this offense that is going to amaze you, but it is going to get the job done. It'll it's just you have to allow for the – progression of the quarterback the same thing with the motion offense in texas tech men's basketball if i have to make a comparison the offense will not look as sharp early on but once you get to december january cough cough last year got a little bit better and you saw what it happened what what happens when you kind of get guys on the same page and that's the other thing is you've got guys that are going in and out the wide receivers have been getting hurt Xavier White's out Dalton Rigdon's been hurt so I mean it's just again not making excuses but I'm just trying to put these thoughts into people's heads that just think oh there's a bunch of screen passes oh this is boring it's not boring it's effective because you have to remember, they're still top five in offense, top five in other offensive categories as well. And the other thing, too, is your fourth-string quarterback, again, I hate to use that term, but he was fourth on the depth chart, whether people like it or not. He's your fourth-string quarterback, and he is playing out of his mind right now. Mm-hmm. He's playing well, yeah. But you talk about like the offense and, and it kind of coming together, but what's the common denominator with all that speculation? It's the players, and this comes to the coaching staff, because these players, these are not the guys that Matt Wells and David Yost, these are not the guys they wanted to bring in. It's just, they're, they're just not. Jet Duffy was not recruited by them, neither was Alan Bowman, you know, neither was the TJ Vashers of the world, the Keyshawn Carters, mm-hmm. a lot of the guys, the Dante Thompsons, all those mm-hmm. guys were not brought in by these guys. So, yeah, like, like that's why people need to, while it looks bad on paper, losing to Kansas, 
and people need to relax a little bit because Tech is in these games. Matt Wells is in these games with yes. these players that he didn't even bring in. And and frankly, I think that's the biggest point. Is they are not getting blown out as they have in no. previous terms. I, I think there is something to be said, and they're adjusting to about keeping cl- games close. Now, granted, yes, Oklahoma State may be the al- anomaly, but as I've said before, Oklahoma's going to beat the heck out of people unless your name's Kansas State, as Ryan well knows from last weekend. But it's just one of those things where you just have to accept what you have and know that there is a process. There is a reason Matt Wells was given a six-year contract because there is a process that he has to follow. He's going to need three years to get guys that he trusts, three guys that he knows that will fit in this David Yost offensive system, three years that will obviously help the defense, Keith Patterson into what he wants to do. I I think there's a little bit of ingenuity with uh, kind of that cross-training you were talking about, John. We, We may get into that another day, but... Yes, it's a lack of depth at this point, but I think it could certainly be a huge uh, benefactor for you if you got a guy that can, that's maybe like six two, six three, that can not only be a safety, but then all of a sudden, if you get a six six guy as a wide receiver, six three is a lot better than having a five ten defender on him that you would normally have a cornerback. And again, right. we'll, we'll, we'll kind of make that, uh, I guess, discussion a little bit later. But I guess just final thoughts from you all. I know. Again, I don't want to focus on the one play, the Douglas Coleman play. Everyone knows what happened. Obviously, he feels terrible about it. He's going to get over it. He's going to obviously move forward through it. He's a good kid, and uh, we'll see what kind of happens from there. He obviously is leading the country in uh, takeaways and interceptions, so it should be uh, something that should not define his career right now. Obviously, it's going to be. But it's going to. Well, no, no. Well, yeah. well, well that's that the part. Thing. Is that what he? That's what he will be remembered for. I, I, I don't know if he'll be remembered for it. I think Tech will always be remembered for the loss, just as Texas was when they lost to Kansas. But I, I think the one thing to remember is this: can one be remembered for that? But it could also be a defining moment for this team mm-hmm. and see how they respond. A la what happened with Texas Tech men's basketball last year, where they got creamed by Kansas or during that three-game losing streak, and all of a sudden you respond. I think that's what Matt Wells and company will be looking for when they do see this team and how they respond. But I guess just last thoughts from you guys, uh, starting with you, Ryan. Uh, something I've really thought about. You are right. They're fifth in offense, you know, rushing and passing. It's impressive. We, we all talked about how good the defense was. They're actually seventh in rushing defense, 10th in passing defense. Which, this is in the Big 12. Correct. Because I wanted to take out those non-conference games. I, I can yeah. really weight those stats a lot. Yeah. I think that's where I see the problem when the defense looks so good early. And this is just something I've thought about. We're going into the bye week, and from what Matt Wells said a few weeks ago, I'm not going to report anything because I don't know anything, but just the where the season has gone. They have to win three of their last four to get to a bowl game. Matt Wells has said over and over how important that is. And these are not easy games. You have at West Virginia, which all mm-hmm. of a sudden looks a lot tougher than it did yeah. since it is a road game. You have at Texas to end the year. In the middle of the year, you have TCU and Kansas State at home who beat Texas and Oklahoma respectively this week. Mm-hmm. So with that grind coming up, I'm just curious if you see if he's healthy, if you see a Maverick MacGyver in there instead of Jet Duffy. I could see something getting thrown at the wall, trying him. If he's healthy, I'm not, like I said, I'm not reporting anything. I just remembered him saying a few weeks ago, he is progressing, that he will be back this season at some point. And could they redshirt him? Yes. But he has mentioned over and over how important it is to get a, to a bowl game. If he thinks Maverick gives them a better chance than Jet, and we're going into a bye week, if he's healthy right now, who knows? I mean, and obviously Allen do. He was without his sling before Correct. the game. But we might have seen Jet for the last time, and I don't really blame him. I don't think it's his fault. I just would not be shocked if against West Virginia or if they waited until they came back against, I believe, TCU. 
if we see a new quarterback out there. I don't think I don't think they'd rush back Maverick because he's a freshman. They probably want to make him go through the full motions, mm-hmm. get those couple of FCS games, and, and you know when when it's his time for that. But I think the elephant in the room is Alan Bowman. I mean, he suffered that injury at Arizona. That was September 14th. That was already six weeks ago. It was a he was out. You know, they said he's out for several weeks. I saw him on the field pregame. He was slinging the ball. Now, obviously, it wasn't an injury that was to his throwing shoulder, mm-hmm. but he was slinging the ball. He looked cocky, which is good for a quarterback because that shows confidence. And I think he could be back sooner rather than later. But I, I want to go back to what you said first, Carlos, as a final thought type of deal. You said Matt Wells, six-year contract, you know, get his own players in, mm-hmm. whatever. I think a big part of it also for him is to just adjust to coaching in the Big 12. There's always a learning curve, not only when you just move to a different conference to coach there, but a conference that's of higher caliber than where he was at before in the Mountain West. So, I mean, that's, that's a big a big change, too. This is all a learning experience for Matt Wells. You can't expect in coaching turnover overnight just immediate success right here. And the only reason why fans are so upset is because they're losing these games by sl- such slim mm-hmm. margins, so it hurts now more. But, you know, in, in a couple of years, once he can make adjustments, he could turn this program into very solid. Very, f- very few coaches come in and are immediately that good. People forget. Unless you're Lincoln Riley or unless you're Ryan Day, I was it doesn't to, happen. I was about to bring him up. Even Lincoln Riley, if you look, when he first joined as an offensive coordinator, there was a lot of growing pains when he first got there. They lost to Texas in, like, his fourth or fifth game – and that Texas team was with, um, what's his name, Charlie Strong. And he wasn't even that – that team was not good. I don't think they ended up going to a bowl game. There's always those learning curves. Now, when he jumped to head coach, that's different. But in general, there are learning curves. You see people freak out on Twitter about Coach Wells. Mm-hmm. You just have to be patient. I agree with everything John said. You have to let him get his guys in there. And it is different coming to the Big 12 win. And also, let's be honest, the Big 12 is pretty deep this year. I don't know how good the top teams are. Nash, but it seems very deep this year. There's a lot more fighting at the bottom tier of this conference than I think people will give credit for. I think the one thing that may be lost this year is Kansas is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. Mm-hmm. They do have athletes. Les Miles has somehow found a way to get more potential out of this team that maybe – uh, David Beatty didn't do the previous years. I mean, the, the they fact that they've gotten some Carolina, wins. That's why everyone says they're well, not very good. That's what they point back to. Well, that's the thing. And the other fact that they can point back to is the fact that they've been terrible, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. last 20 years mm-hmm. or something like that up until Mark Mangino got there. But uh, just to kind of play off your point before we kind of get to the comedic part of this uh, point, John, the last Saturday was Texas Tech's second this season on the last play of a game and third loss in a game decided late. They are learning – lessons from these losses and it reminds me again i hate using these comparisons but where chris beard and his team were losing games late and he knew once his team learned how to win that way they would do special things and uh, i think people kind of saw what happened the last couple years so again not to obviously report anything as ryan likes to say but just kind of giving people some perspective here is yes they're tough right now but these losses will stick with players will remind them what they could have done how close they were because you switch three, two of these wins, you're looking at bowl eligibility. You have a potential win over a ranked team in Baylor. Obviously, Kansas is whatever you want to call it, but I mean, certainly that there are some wins here that. Uh, They're not the worst team in the yes. Big 12, even though their record indicates they though? are. That's the problem. Who is? That's another podcast. Kansas, Kansas <laughs> yeah. is right there with them. And it's like you look at everyone above them, but no, I agree with you. It's a very deep conference and it's. 
They that might could be a be good worse. question for Don. I'm going to ask him that they, tomorrow. They may, not, they may be the worst, but it's not a worse in years past where it's like this team is a bottom dweller. You it's guys just, should rank the Big 12 tomorrow. I'm, I may ask Don to do that. Yeah. I may ask him to do that. I'm, I'm going go. to probably put a Kansas State Don, first. Okay. <laughs> Don's a swell guy, man. I'll tell you that. Yeah. We got no, some nice burgers in OKC. I've got, I've got something for Speaking Don, of so. which, you took a nice trip to Kansas, John. I guess. Oh, jeez. Uh, what, what were some of the delicacies you enjoyed in the old Lawrence oh, and the old, uh, the old Jayhawk town? Well, there's no trip without the journey, you know? And uh, <laughs> it's factually accurate, John. And on Thursday, I find out my flight's canceled, and I'm like, well, uh, this stinks. Call up American. I'm on the phone with them, on hold with them for oh, an hour. Oh, you're putting them on blast. I like yep. this. Oh, yeah. Look at this. They've canceled the flight for no reason. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. hey, we're yeah. from the East Coast. We need yeah. to do things quick. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, um, so then I find out I have no ride there. Flight yeah. back, mm-hmm. no ride there, no flight there, whatever. Then I find out, you know, um, I call up Brad, and he's like, yeah, of course. That's not a problem. Love Brad Tollefson. Great, yep. swell guy. Great then producer. I, right. So then I get in the car with them on Friday morning, and, uh, you know, Don looks, uh, looks in the back seat. He goes, if I hear a peep out of you, I'm cracking skulls. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> wow. I'm like, oh, geez, son, of, son, of, a, son of a biscuit-eating bulldog. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Can we, can we swear on this podcast? You no, can. <laughs> you can like that. You can like that. <laughs> no, anyway, no. But in all seriousness, Don was just – it was about a nine-hour drive, but those two guys were awesome. Two quick questions for ride. you. Sure. Was he wearing the classic Don hoodie? Or uh, the green go- hoodie, oh. yes. Oh, he went Why? green. He told me he wasn't wearing it. He said oh, he had a new one. Oh, oh, maybe he wasn't wearing the green hoodie. He said he had a blue one, like a blue and black one. Maybe that's what it was. You know that's what? That's new one in the rotation. I feel like if, if I saw the green hoodie, then it, it would be implanted in my yeah. mind. So I guess he wasn't. But I, I have seen the green hoodie recently. But no, it was a, it was a great ride with him. I, I checked out mm-hmm. Allen Fieldhouse, man. Mm. That place is beautiful. It's pretty wild when there's people in it. Well, I show up there, and, and um, it's a Saturday. It's in the yeah. morning, so I've got time to kill before the game. So I, I walk in there, and the person at the front desk, I'm like, hey, so the court, is the court open? He's like, no, the court's actually closed. I'm like, what? Court's closed. I'm like, I, I, who knows the next time I'll be in Lawrence, Kansas. I want yeah. to go. down there or something? Yeah, I know. I'm like, I want to go to the most historic, you know, one of the more historic venues in college basketball. So, you know, I uh, walked through a couple doors that said do not enter and uh, wow. found myself watching the women's basketball practice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And I took some pics, and it was just really awesome to, to take talk to Marlene, in. see yeah. what you, you know, what yeah. you found. And um, but no, it was uh, it was a it's basically it was a museum a if you really go through it. I mean, it there's really a lot is. of history, obviously with basketball. Uh, obviously, the, the there's I mean, you could spend a nice hour hour or two at that uh, venue. So it's kind of cool that you got to see that. Oh yeah, obviously you were able to kind of see Memorial Stadium. Yep. My question is, did you all eat anywhere other than hamburgers, tacos? Or I'm trying to think what else Don would eat. We had hamburgers in Oklahoma City on the way there. Of course. Where? At a place called Charleston's. Yeah. Have you been there? Yeah, Charleston's a staple in Oklahoma. Yeah, look at you. I was right next to the uh, Thunders Arena. Yeah. And and they were about to play. Arena. Which game was that? They were about to play the Wizards. It was their opener. Second game, but they lost. Home opener. Well, there you go. Cool. But a a great car. Again, I've done done really long car rides in the past, but... Well, yeah, because you're from Philadelphia and you drive everywhere, right? Hey, oh, yep. Yeah. Well, again, uh, glad you were able to get to get to Lawrence, uh, John. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, I owe you boys one for eh, sure. Eh. Just tell that to Verby. Okay. <laughs> Just tell that to Verby. Put on his tab. Uh, Ryan, do you have any questions for us in terms of trivia or anything I do. else? Uh oh. I do have one. We got John, four I can minutes. Add you in here. Four minutes. The, uh, oh, four no. minutes. Okay, so. Tech currently six, sits at three and five. 
right? This is more a question for Don Lord, once again. Sure. How many times in the 21st century has tech started three oh, and five? God. So in the last, that would be 18 seasons. No, 19 seasons. How many times have they started three and five? I see your fingers moving oh. over there, Carlos. Start looking things up. Just how, how many times have they just started three and five? Three, started three and five. Oh, man. Well, last year they did not. That, that is accurate. Year, the year before last, I don't believe they did. I see you guys scrolling over there. The last three years they've started three and oh, if I'm not mistaken, because of the non-conference schedule. Minus. Well, they didn't They didn't last year. They lost to Ole Miss. Oh, that's, right. Uh, that's right. Let me think. Are either you cheating over there? I am not cheating. I will I'm say actually getting Twitter questions. Five. Five times? Okay, so 2019 to when? Not including this year. 2018, from 2018. So Actually, sorry, I'll change okay. that to three times. Three times? Okay. They started three and four. Three and five. Three and five. I'm going to say four. Four, and how many did you say? Three. You are both wrong. Of course we are. It is a total of one time. Oh, wow. 2014. Geez. 2014. Here's the bonus. Because those leech, those leech years, they were pretty good. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, they couldn't have the bonus. Up. The problem is they hardly lose any non-conference games. So, you know, they'd have to go and five in conference play. So in 2014, they were three and five. What happened the next week? That was oh, my bonus question heck. for Don. 2014? 2014. And they were three and five? And they were three and five. So they are ninth conference game. They beat, they beat Iowa State after that? I, I'm not even going to get a shot at it. No, you know I'm, it's a I'm, conference game. I, I know. I'm going to say they won. Over. <sighs> oh, I Texas, see it. Texas, why not? No, I see it. No. Uh, they actually, very close. They lost to Texas at home 34 oh. to 13. They finished the season 4 and 8. So, wow. similar, if you. I, I, was in, I was curious about this to see how many times they have started 3 and 5, but also what it could look like. It could be a similar, similar year to 2014, but if you do look at the next couple years after that, they did play better. So, well, the other interesting they did beat Iowa State that year. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. It was just a couple weeks later. Well, here, here's the other thing that people have to remember too. Next week's home schedule is going to be really fun. You get Texas here next year, Oklahoma yeah, yeah. here. So, I mean, the even years are a lot more. Yeah, interesting I, I, I mean, the even years are going to help you out a little bit. Obviously, it's tough to go on the road to Texas and Oklahoma, but if you get those big wins at home, that's going to really kind of drum up some. Some uh, help here, but... Uh, and I w- Iowa State's here, correct? So I was not uh, cheating. I actually got a question here on the Twitters for all of us. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, will Jemias Ramsey be wearing his mask? If so, can we get Tech to hand out 5000 for the student section to wear? I'm going to say no, because I believe he injured his nose, and that's why he wore it during uh, high school. And he's not Rip Hamilton, so he doesn't need to wear it. That's exactly career. what I was going to say. But Rip Hamilton and... Uh, man, Jemias... With the mask was pretty cool when he was dunking on people. Oh yeah, but I'm gonna say he's not. I haven't seen him play with it uh, during five thousand of them. No, they're not giving away five thousand free masks no. to students. They're expensive. Uh, next question, and we'll probably be done with the pod because we're actually on time. If you can believe that. Look at that. Can Holyfield, that being TJ Holyfield or Chris Clark, the two graduate transfers, shoot three pointers? Do you see Benson getting playing time in conference play? Do you think any of the seven freshmen will end up getting? Redshirted. So basically a Don Williams question when there's about 10 with one question. So let's start with can Holyfield or Clark shoot three-pointers? Yes, both are going to be shooting three-pointers. TJ Holyfield has actually been mm-hmm. talking about the fact that he wants to be more of a guard-type player. Yes, he's 6'8", but when you have that versatility of being able to put the ball on the floor, stretch out. Spread out the offense. Absolutely. You, you stretch them out a little bit. You get some other guys, some uh, action in the motion. You're going to be getting a lot more cuts. You're going to be getting a lot more guards uh, with some mismatches in the post, which that is what Chris Clark will likely be doing. He's a very, very good post player with his size. 
has been a real good rebounder in the couple scrimmages that they played, the exhibition against UTEP, some of the Bahamas games as well. So uh, that, that would be my answer there. I don't know if you guys have anything. I don't want to obviously talk a lot. but T- TJ could definitely hit threes. Just they from the little can. bit we've seen, he can. I haven't seen Chris Clark as much. I don't know as much. I've seen I, Clark um, drain some threes in, yep. in practice. I know Holyfield against UTEP, he was taking him. Like, mm-hmm. I think early in the season, this is more of a meta basketball question mm-hmm, more sure. than anything. But don't you just want to see them taking it early in, early in the year? It doesn't really matter if they're falling. If you see the confidence, if you see it, you know they are confident in their shot, that's what you want to see early in the year. I think if uh, I asked Chris Beard that, he would say he just wants to see guys take open shots or good mm-hmm. shots, mm-hmm. Uh, smart shots, which I think three-point shots are something that Chris Clark and TJ Holyfield can both take. And I think uh, those are ones that They Chris won't be Beard popping be 10 threes a game Oh, no, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. I mean, Davide, I could see that. Yeah. Just because he's earned the right to do that. And Edwards, sure. Uh, we'll see what Edwards is doing. I know the one thing with Edwards is Chris Beard wants him to go from a spot-up shooter like a three-point shooter that you guys saw in the national championship game to a guy that can put the ball on the floor a little bit he and make some cut. plays. He has to do that stuff. Um, I he, he may take 10 threes. I doubt it. But Davide certainly a guy that I could see do that. He's, that's what they're going to need from three, from him specifically, since he's going to be their best three-point shooter. He's going to have to be hitting those. No, absolutely. Sometimes just standing out there. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Clark averaged about 8.2 points, 6.3 rebounds as a junior, 11.4 points, 7.3 per game as a sophomore. So he, both guys both didn't play last year. Yeah, no, that that's the one interesting Very thing about interesting. those two grad transfers Very is uh, they, they didn't play last year. Uh, Holyfield, torn labrum, dislocated shoulder. Chris Clark uh, was suspended from the team for uh, some charges. Uh, I'll, I'll obviously kind of write that in a story before the season starts. You can read that in the Avalanche Journal. We'll eventually get to your all's plugs at some point. And then uh, next question, uh, do you see Benson getting playing time in conference? I can see him getting playing time, whether that is amounting to more than 10 minutes a game, I doubt it. I could see him come in for spurts. He certainly did that last year just to kind of get the guys riled up to kind of prove a point that Chris Beard's saying, hey, be the first on the floor, be the guy that wins the rebound against a guy taller than you, show toughness. I think that's the one thing that Avery Benson will bring to this team is just that leadership and not only that, but showing that if you do practice well, if you do play well during or, or pardon me, if you do play and practice well and you work out, you do everything that you're supposed to do during the week, you're going to earn playing time. And I just want to see more aggression from him, too. I feel like some at some moments last year he was a little not maybe not scared but hesitant to shoot the ball. I want to see you're older now, you know, like you're older, you got more experience, you're one of the three returning players, you know, like you worked hard to be a walk-on on this team, take your chance, embrace it, and, you know, get some shots up. No one's going to hurt you. <laughs> Ryan? Thoughts? Concerns? Uh, Avery will probably play some between five and ten minutes a game. I really don't know. He averaged about four minutes. from. Yeah, I really don't know how much he's going to bring. I do agree with the -the off-the-court type of leadership because they need that with how few guys they have coming back. Um, I've never been on the play Avery Benson bandwagon, but as far as being a leader, sure. And I do think he'll get some playing time, especially early, because Chris Beard will want to reward him and show other guys, look – I won't just play you because you're the best player whenever they're beating up on Houston Baptist and it's you know there's no consequence. So here's the more interesting question that I'm sure it's going to start a little bit of a conversation here, but seven freshmen Texas Tech has, two of them sat out last year, that being Andre Savarsov and Kevin McCullard. Which ones do you think will redshirt? I can tell you for sure I would be shocked if Jemias Ramsey and Terrence Shannon redshirt. 
Um, after that is kind of an interesting situation. I don't know what you guys think. I I, I want to get your thoughts first before I kind of go go off after uh, Ramsey and Shannon. I don't know if Beard has a necessary plan. Like I think he'll just see how the season goes, and mm-hmm. if one guy needs more development, and one guy is proven that he's more ready now, then then he'll do it. I agree with I what you each said is true. I don't know if you go into a season, especially when you can make some real noise, totally deciding that. But there's no way Terrence Shannon, Jamias Ramsey, redshirt. There's no those two specifically. There's no they're playing this year, and uh, that might be it. On multiple occasions, Chris Beard has mentioned that they're going to have to put some freshmen in some uncomfortable situations this year. Mm-hmm. So, just hearing that from him tells me that there are going to be some guys that probably will not. I, I don't know if redshirt is the term, but I think they all could be in the mix. They're all talented. They all have their own special abilities that they can do that they've shown early on during the Bahamas, even during the UTEP game uh, in El Paso for the charity exhibition. Clarence Ndolny, good slasher. Tyreek Smith, a great uh, rim defender, a la obviously not at the level of uh, Tariq Owens, but he's there just because of his athleticism and his, uh, his wingspan. Russell Chewa is also a guy that can get some rebounds. I think he might be one that I could see just because he's a little bit of a developmental guy in, a ter- in terms of you can obviously get his strength up a little bit. Maybe there's a little bit of ball handling you like to see him get because the one thing that you will see about Russell Chiwa, he is just very well conditioned. I mean, he can go up and down the court unlike a guy that you would see at seven feet, which is something that's kind of fun to see. His uh, back-to-the-basket game could look a little bit better, but he certainly worked on that. His free-throw shooting is good. Andrei Savrasov, I think you could see him get some minutes. He can shoot the three, showed that at UTEP. Uh, is a real good rebounder as well. Kevin McCuller, I think he could be a guy that could come in if you need another guy at the guard position just to kind of handle the ball a little bit. Did that at San Antonio Wagner. And then after that, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is you redshirted two guys last year in Kyler and Andre. Granted, they did come at the mid-year. But if I if I had to guess, Russell Chiwa could be a guy. Maybe Tyreek Smith could be the other one. After that, I think uh, the guards are really, really talented, and you can never have enough guards if you're a if you're a basketball team. And that's just my my own opinion. I, I think the more guards you have, the more effective you can be. And not only that, but with the way that Texas Tech has been recruiting, guards are not your typical guards. They're like six four, six six, six seven guys, and uh, you can have some guys that can obviously defend from the one to the four. Yeah, no question. Points. Cool. Well, uh, what, what do you guys got going on this weekend? I know uh, oh, wow. talking a little bit of high school football, I, I think you're going to watch some Mojo with uh, Alexis, I believe, John. A little friendship uh, Permian, baby. Friendship I'm, Permian. Uh, looking forward. We got some Halloween Thursday. Still don't know what I'm going to oh, be. So if right. anyone it wants is, huh? to uh, reach out to give me some costume suggestions, if they don't know what I look like, I'm tall-ish, got brown hair, and I'm white. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> what you have to be. Like This isn't even a joke. I know exactly what you should be. Go to Party City. They have a Slenderman costume. Oh, exactly. no. You would be a perfect Slenderman. No, no. Oh, would I? Yes. You should look uh, it they up. They give you the even longer appendages. You don't even have a face. They wear the, you know, it's like a those morph suits. Although I have seen a perfect. bunch of people do some do some crazy stuff on the old Twitter. Uh, you could always do Ghostbuster. Ghostbusters yeah. are pretty easy. What are you going to be? I could. Uh, the, the same one I always do. Just put on a referee. There you, you go. I've never seen you on Halloween. Oh, that's... Oh. You did. did I see you last year? I yeah, last year. We were all together. You yeah, were yeah, doing yeah. the Stranger Things deal. Yeah, I was yeah. 11. You know, 11? I kept asking you to let go uh, your ego. Everyone did. No. Those are still in my freezer right now. I Gross. I, <laughs> God, I really hope they're 
they're not moldy. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't plan on eating them. I just never threw them away. I, I hope not. But yeah, um, obviously you'll be there. Uh, you can follow Alexis at Alexis underscore Cubit to get all those uh, updates from LoneStarVarsity.com. Ryan, where are you going to be, bud? So I will be out at New Deal Post. Great game. The 8-0 Post Antelope storming in to New Deal. Take on the 8-0 defending state runner-ups, New Deal Lions. Yep. Combined 16-0. That's pretty exciting. Uh, two teams that are really fun. Uh one a running team and styles. one a... I would say very yeah, opposite styles. Yeah. I like that post. Going to try to dominate time of possession, run it, power running, mm-hmm. uh, quarterback runs, where New Deal is going to... I mean, they do their fair share of running, but mm-hmm. they're going to try to air it out. And yep. uh, it's just going to see... It's going to be fun to see who has the pace. You know, are you going to... If you're go if you going fast, it's going to help New Deal. If you can slow the game down, that's going to help post. So I think it's going to be a really fun game, obviously, for a district championship. I mean, it doesn't even matter what happens in the in week 11. Uh, but I'll be out there. No packages coming this week. Having to anchor some. Uh, uh, no. But Halloween, we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun day. Maybe I'll see John. You going out? Are you going to uh, dress we're, we're up for your broadcast? For the, I will not be dressing up for my broadcast. Mm-hmm. I only dress up once a year, and that is um, that is on Christmas Eve mm. um, for the sportscast before Christmas. But um, uh, we're doing stuff at the station Friday and Saturday, so I don't think we're going on Halloween. Maybe, though. Who knows? There you go. Uh, In but, other words, yeah. he's, he's declining your invitation. I know. If it's you invited right. me, I'd go, to, I'd go with you, John. I just didn't there know you, uh, you guys doing something. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, we should invite the audience with us. You want to see Carlos, John, and myself? That'd be fun. Please, Uh, people don't need to see me. KLBK Sports this week. We just have the normal stuff going on. Football bye week, but your Silver Star Nation coverage, high school coverage. Like I said, I'll be out at post New Deal Thursday. No game on Halloween, so I know nothing nothing at Lowry. Well, there's nothing at Lowry, but Coronado is playing at Palo Duro. So I'm in in town. Yeah, in in town. town, Nothing. Yes, Coronado's (laughs) on the road. Yes, but we still have the LISD luncheon. Can't wait for that. Yes, absolutely. Well, once again, appreciate y'all. Uh, listening to us uh, Ryan and John obviously appreciate it we appreciate you all kind of sending your Twitter questions I'll try and send them out a little bit earlier get some more uh, interaction with you all of course don't forget to check out the second part of our Red Raider podcast as well with Don as we get some Twitter questions and get his perspective from the Kansas loss and maybe preview a little bit of West Virginia as well we'll see what happens there but once again we appreciate you all listening to another edition of the Red Raider podcast I'm Carlos Silva for Ryan King and John Sokolov we'll talk to you next week we'll